Today we have with us a very special guest, renowned author and child rights activist, Vini Srinivasan. Mr. Srinivasan, thank you for taking out your time for this podcast with us. Thank you. Great to be here. Thank you. So, you know, if you could just start off in a friendly way. Uh, now you have been writing for how many years? Maybe 20 years. 20 years. Yeah. So when did you like first realize or when did you know that like you wanted to be a writer that moment or how was it like? I used to write well when I was a kid in school, the essays that one had to do in school and so on. And uh, so I kind of thought that I might do journalism or something like that. But then I got interested in teaching and then I that's the line I continued in. So I didn't really pursue writing until my kids were growing up and then I started you know, looking at children's books and then I felt I could try my hand at one of them. That's okay. how it kind of came about. And uh, you mentioned that you were very good in, in school yeah. at English literature. Yeah. So um, this is a cliched question but were you bad at math? <laughs> Yes, I'm sorry to say I was. Because <laughs> it's always that cliche. Yes. If you're good at English, yes. then you pass. I was the absolute cliche. I was bad at maths. Yeah. Bad maths. <laughs> and and uh, you know, um, typically uh, people who become writers have um, someone in their lives who influence them, either a very good teacher or a father or mother. What? How was it like for you? Uh, well, my grandfather was a writer. So that kind of brought writing very much into the family. Uh, and I used to read a lot. I mean, all of us, all three of our siblings were big readers and books were a very big part of our lives. So I think that kind of came naturally. My parents weren't writers, but they were great readers, both of them. Okay. So we always had books around. Okay. And um, you have been active in the child rights movement, especially in ARC. Side by side, you have balanced it with a flourishing writing career. You have been a mother, wife, and I believe a teacher as well. Yeah, now I work as an educationist, as they call it. I'm not a teacher any longer, but I'm doing a lot of work in education. So, you know, do do we need to learn time management from Milishini Vasan? Does she have have some secrets to pass on? Well, I wouldn't say that. I'm generally quite chaotically badly organized. Uh, But I do think that about writing, that when the urge hits you, you have to make time and sit down and write. Okay. That's the only way it comes. I don't know. There are some writers who say that they spend every day they spend three hours at the computer, whether or not something comes, comes out. Comes But I don't seem to function that way. So I have a good job as a teacher. In fact, I started off as a special educator okay. for, for, for special kids. Uh, yeah, special needs. And then I went on for many years to work with an NGO called Center for Learning Resources here in Pune, Pune. Okay. which works with uh, basically with teacher education. And uh, there I was lucky enough that writing children's books was also part of my job because CLR brings out children's books. So it, it, I didn't have to take out special time for it. It was something I could do in office hours as it were. So that also helped a lot. So okay, so that books. is a big thing because yeah. that is while you were working, yeah. you could do this. Yeah. So specifically, like we were working on English as a second language. So we brought out a whole lot of little books, which are, uh, you know, simple English, but meant for older kids, okay. that kind of stuff. Okay, and then uh, then how did you transition into writing formal like books? Uh, and while I was working there, I wrote this first book, which then which won the award, as you know. Uh, and uh, then I kind of continued on the side, always writing for kids, something or the other. I just handed in one more manuscript just now. Okay. Wow. Um, keeping my fingers crossed that it's accepted. To two? 
Uh, I want to Tulika again because they did a very good job with my first book. This book is called The Boy with Two Grandfathers. Okay. So uh, let's see how that. Works. Okay, that you have already handed it over. Yeah. Okay, and uh, this is an interesting question because traditionally you have written for children, young adults, preteens. Yeah. Now, uh, traditionally in India, I remember Ruskin Bond somewhere saying, and even Paro Anand once said that writing for children. or writing for teens is the most challenging kind of writing but it's viewed in a very stepmotherly kind of way oh he's a chil oh he's a children's writer in the raskin yes. one uh, i remember saying somewhere that he was referred to once as he's a children's writer yes. as if writing for children is easy yes. but then how do, how do you see it i mean since i think i also uh, tend to uh, you know downplay it like if i'm sitting with a group of people who are writers and then they all say why oh, i'm this and i'm writing that and i also sort of shrug shame a little shamefacedly and i say oh i just write for children so it's true i think we look at it uh, we look at our, ourselves as an inferior breed yeah, and yeah. everybody looks at us so i think that's the first drive that you have a story to tell uh, i also believe that you've got something to teach kids though my books are not that pedantic moralistic mm-hmm. type at all but i also think that there are certain values and certain things that i want to get across to children which are hidden behind maybe some humor or some you know pretty light hearted episode uh, so that's another motivation for writing for you know and, and um one point you made is very uh, interesting you mentioned about how you started working the child rights movement um in your career a professional career what have you worked as have you stuck to education or have you worked in different things no i have always been in education and i have always almost always worked with education for the most poor and deprived children who go to rural schools who go to tribal schools and so on and uh, i've been a part of uh, action for the rights of the child which is a child rights uh, network for pune city so pune city children have a different set of problems uh, compared to rural or tribal children and we have tried to work through various ngos have tried to work for them so this is the space i've always been in i haven't really worked in any other field okay and um, one of the central um, facets of writing is the fact like any other skill or discipline one needs to you know practice and you go through good and bad days yeah how uh, what is your own writing schedule like or do you aim at a certain minimum number of words um Uh, not minimum number of words a day no as i said i go through patches where i write a lot and uh, it's true that uh, you many times have to write stuff which you throw away because it's not really turned out well and uh, i think it's a little bit like uh, like musicians do riyas you know you keep singing you keep singing until you get better and better so you do have to write a lot to keep getting better uh, i I wish I had that discipline to write a certain number of words a day, and I know many writers who do it, but I don't. Okay, that's a good news for uh, aspiring writers. <laughs> an established person also struggles. Own, yeah, you have to find your own uh, style, style of doing things. Because yeah. I know that, for example, I remember talking to um, Vilas Arunke, who is a Marathi to English translator, and he or Vikrant Pandey, who has translated Rao and Baji Rao Mastani. he said two hours every day yeah is a must yeah. so you know i i i'm seeing the contrast yeah. i guess each writer has to hit upon what suits him best yes. yeah i suppose it has to be very specific to you yeah That's and i think if you're going to be writing your full time profession then you probably need to do that because you have to have that output you know so you need to sit for a few hours every day 
but since it's just one of the things I do, uh, then I just wait for a story to hit me. I don't really, you know, sit down like that. And uh, I think that's important because I have people coming up to me and say, I want to write for children. How do I start? And I say, okay, so what's the story you want to write? And they say, no, I don't have a story. I just want to write for children. Oh. I really don't believe that a good book can come out like that. I feel the story has to be there that you want to tell. And then all the mechanics mm. of how to make it interesting, all the Humor techniques and of the plot writing. And yeah. But if you don't have a story, you can't say, I want to write. Just because, you know, I don't know why you want to write then if you don't have a story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I have to say one more point. Like you mentioned about the discipline, the whole discipline aspect. Uh, you know, to some extent, I feel in creative things, which writing, of course, comes in that is, there is a lot of non-linearity in the sense that yeah. you'll be working on something for days together yeah. and not seeing any progress. And then suddenly, yes. when you start writing, you'll suddenly see, okay, this is how it all... And then you can't <laughs> wait to put it down. Absolutely. Everything has to... I mean, I've painted a tree on the wall on that side, oh, that side yeah. and uh, it took me like about three months to do the basic outline I would keep on little at a time and then one day I sat for about 18 hours I think without a break just breaking for meals and finished right. it's not just knowledge but you need all these other things so I think teachers have a role to play in that in convincing parents that they need to allow their children to read books. Children, I think, naturally like... Like to read. They like stories, right? So if they're going to get stories from a book, they'll read storybooks. Uh, so it does It does definitely affect the sales of a book. Mm. Uh, I think even my uh, book, though it won an award... Just a Train Ride Away. Yeah, my book, Just a Train Ride Away, won a Sahitya Academy, Bal Sahitya Puraskar. But even then, it really started flying off the shelf when it was on the CBSC list of recommended books. Then I started really making good sales. So somewhere the school has a role to play, you know, to say that these books should be read kind of thing. So if I could ask, how many copies of the book have been sold? Huh. It's been in the market now almost uh, nine years. Okay. And I think I sell about a couple of thousand copies a year. It's not a big deal. And I make very small money out of it because I get a 10% royalty. That's not the point. Uh, but I still consider that a lo lot of books because there are so many people who write children's books, they print 1000 copies and then the book dies. Nobody has heard it after that. There are hundreds of books coming out like that. I'll also say that this trend of uh, sometimes self-publishing or sometimes parents publishing children's books has also brought out a lot of rubbish, I'm sorry to say. You know, books of not great quality also. So then they die a natural death which I think is good. Very ruthless. They die naturally. I don't think that children should be encouraged to, by publishing their books too early. If you're a good writer, you need to know you're a good writer, but you need to know you have a long way to go. You need to struggle, make yourself better and better, and then get somebody to publish you. Your parents publish a book when you're 13 years old, and I've met kids like that. And then they just feel they've arrived. You know, you ask the child now, what do you plan to do? They just plan to write another book. They don't plan to improve themselves, you know. So it's not a very healthy trend, according to me. And you know, this, um, in fact, it's good you touched upon this because that is, um, in the last uh, five to six years, or maybe since 2010, there is a growing trend of not only self-publishing, vanity publishing, and a lot of publishers, especially in Delhi, have started separate self-publishing wings. Yes. So they are trying to encourage authors to go for that. Yeah. Which attracts because as we know that publishing industry in India, who you know is quite important. Uh, how have you grappled with this or 
What was your experience with getting your books published? Uh, I've been lucky, I think, because uh, I didn't have to do any of this. My first book was taken by Tulika. The second book I wrote was published by Sakal uh, Books, which started here in Pune. Uh, where they actually almost commissioned the book. They asked me to write a book for the set of three that they were, uh, you know, giving out as part of some uh, children's uh, reading club. And then I've written for Pratham, I've written for Centre for Learning Resources. So I've not really had to uh, struggle to find a, a publisher. Mm, I don't think that it should be that difficult if the book is good. Okay. And like in any job, you have to, you know, follow things through after people a little bit. I'm not sure whether knowing the right people will help if the book is not good. Okay. That I think so. You know, a yeah. good publisher will okay. not touch it if it's not good, however much you know anyone. Okay, so in yeah. a sense, knowing the right context is a bonus. Yeah, it will help you quicker book, maybe. Yeah. It will be faster. Yeah. I mean, even now that I've handed in a second manuscript to Tulika, okay. even after this book has won an award and now it's been translated into Punjabi, by the way. I just heard that Saitya Academy has translated it into Punjabi. Okay. But even after all that, Tulika has put me in the queue and I will be, they will look at my manuscript when its turn comes, you know. So I have to be patient, it doesn't help me that way. Okay, you know that's something very interesting because typically as aspiring writers we look at somebody who's already there as somebody you know out there and you know there's, there's this huge gulf between us. Yeah. But you have given a different perspective. Yeah. And um, uh, <coughs> readers, both of them are great readers and their children also are now developing quite a passion for books. So I think that part will stay in the family. And your son? My son is a software engineer. Yeah. Okay. And um, you mentioned about um, the urban-rural dichotomy and that concern for the poor or you can say your willingness to portray them as people, not as poor. Mm -hmm. you know? um, that comes out very clearly in Just a Train Ride Away, yeah. which won the Bal Sahitya Academy. I found the book very fascinating actually on multiple levels because in a 50 page, 60 page book you brought in issues of inequality, the mother-father discord, you have hinted sort of gently that perhaps the mother could have been a bit more understanding of the lack of um, overt ambition or what we consider a man should be, you know, that mm -hmm. theme is there somewhere lurking mm -hmm. and was very fascinating. What sort of inspired you to write this and how did it come to you? I was very inspired. Uh, actually, with I find with young boys especially, uh, what tends to happen is that their socialization is all about games and a uh, lot of activities. And even with their friends, they don't really discuss or think or talk feelings ever. While girls tend to do that. I mean, I'm uh, I'm sounding like, I may be sounding very sexist, but the, this is the way it is actually. Yes, definitely. I wish it was 